RadioInfluence.com. Dr. Carol Swain speaks out on God, government, the causes of America's demise, and what we must do to restore our teetering nation on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. Dr. Swain has been there, done that, bought all sorts of proverbial T-shirts, and has acquired a wealth of knowledge along the way, which she has been sharing for decades. Are you ready to have more light shed on some serious national issues? Well, let's get into it. You've seen her up close and personal on television shows, including Fox and Friends, Judge Janine, Tucker Carlson, The Ingram Angle. ABC's headline news and just recently on Huckabee. Her op-eds have been published in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the Epoch Times, the Financial Times, and USA Today. She is an award-winning political scientist and former tenured professor at both Princeton and Vanderbilt Universities. And those are some heavy schools, folks. Books, she's the author or editor of 11 of them, including the bestseller, Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House, which she co-authored with Christopher Shore, and her latest, which I can't wait to read, entitled Countercultural Living, What Jesus Has to Say About Life, Marriage, Race, Gender, and Materialism. And if that wasn't enough, she's an entrepreneur with business interests, including Carol Swain Enterprises, LLC, and Unity Training Solutions, LLC, which offers an alternative to diversity, equity, and inclusion training. She holds not one, not two, but five degrees, including a PhD from the University of North Carolina and a Master of Studies in Law from Yale, a renowned authority on topics including American politics, race relations, and critical race theory. I welcome back to the broadcast, the host of the show, Against All Odds, which is produced by Blexit, and you can find it on YouTube and social media outlets, Dr. Carol Swain. Carol, how are you? I am doing great. And the most important thing about me is my faith that I am Amen. a follower of Jesus Christ. I had a midlife uh, Christian conversion in my 40s. And I believe that God elevated me and gave me my platform and that it isn't about me. A lot of times we think it's about us, but it's not about us that he positions us. He, he um, uh, gives us uh, special talents to use for others, not to benefit ourselves. Amen to that. And we share that testimony because I was 47 when I got born again. So I know what you mean. And, and you know what? What it did on one end it meant that we had less time to serve Jesus, but on the other end, it gave us a longer testimony when, when people say, well, Brother Benford, you, you don't know what I've been to, or you don't understand this. I, you know, we've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, both of us, right? Well, you know, it's so interesting that, um, you know, when I got saved in my 40s, I was just like on fire for the Lord, and I thought about all those wasted years 
And I ran into so many uh, practicing Christians who told me, like, what do you know? I've been saved for 40 years. I've been saved for 50 years. And it's just so interesting how they treated a new believer. But also um, the Bible, I have seen signs and wonders. The Bible says these signs shall follow those who believe. It didn't say anything about how long you had to be a believer for signs and wonders to follow you. Yeah, this is true. And, and you know, some people, they became believers right away and God was able to use them. Others like Paul, the Apostle Paul, was as radical a conversion as there could possibly be. He had to go away and be taught and trained, you know, because a lot of times you want to jump out there. and You don't realize what you're jumping into. And right. I, I my, my testimony is, you know, I was in the traditional uh, what you would call a predominant black church with these pastors that would teach about Christ and rail against abortion and rail against same-sex marriage. And then at the end of the service, they bring up the Democrats running for office in the district and say, now make sure you vote for your Democratic Party leaders. So when I got saved, the first thing I did was go to all my relatives, go to all the people in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, the church and say, hey, you're voting wrong. And you know what happened, you know. <laughs> well, didn't the churches hear I attended did not rail against abortion and they didn't rail against uh uh, sin pretty much, but they did remind you about pastor's anniversary and, you know, first lady's birthday and yeah. all of that uh, nonsense. That's special I, offering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And I don't, we should not be poking fun at some black churches because I'm sure that there are plenty that don't have this foolishness. I just have encountered very few that didn't have it. Well, but we're thing, not here to yeah, talk about the foolishness right. of the black church today. This is true because I don't even believe such a thing exists. There's a born again church. You either you're born out of who you are, male or female, black or white, rich or poor. You either belong to Christ or you don't. And that's how I look at it. And and I think that's how God looks at it. And so my first question to you on your website, and it kind of ties into where you started. You say, quote, if America is to survive as a nation, we must rediscover our roots and unite as one people. We must recognize that multiculturalism and identity politics fuel division and divisiveness. As Matthew 12, 25, 27 suggests, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Please unpack that. Well, I am not actually don't remember which of my websites that's on, but back in 2002, when I wrote the new white nationalism in America, it challenged integration. And that was when I was, that was my first book after my conversion experience. And I, for that book, I gathered data on the leading white, um, white rights, white nationalist leaders. And what I discovered through my research was that it, the, the language of the left, identity politics and multiculturalism was providing uh, the basis for uh, people of all races to organize and identify by race, and that there was a new white nationalism that was emerging at the time that did not um, uh, espouse uh, racial hatred or use racial epithets. Uh, it used um, social science data, crime statistics, science, to make arguments and the Constitution. And one of the arguments put forth is that it's wrong to discriminate against anyone, uh, that white people are being discriminated against and that's un-American and unconstitutional, and they're right. Uh, and in that book, in the conclusion, I argued that we needed to move away from identity politics towards the American national identity. 
And as far as the Christian roots of it, God created one human race in his image. And so this whole idea of, 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 of differences between racial groups and war and factions, that is not of God. And if you look at the diversity in nature, and because they have abused the concept of diversity in the world today, in this uh, secular humanist culture that divides us, um, we can say variety, that all of God's creation has variety. Uh, and why wouldn't we expect the same among human beings? And we see that in all of nature. And so I think that uh, variety is positive, but God tells us that from one man, he created all nations of men and he allotted the times and places that we would live and where we would live. And the idea of a nation state, that's God's idea. The idea of globalism, which has failed so far and it continues to fail, that's man's idea. So you would probably say, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you would could, could we equate globalism with the Tower of Babel, which was yes, man's attempt I, to try and do yeah. his thing separate from God? Right. And God thwarted his efforts. But when I look at where we are today, you know, we have scientists with the National uh, Institutes of Health uh, and in labs across the world trying to create. Well, they actually create new life forms because they uh, fuse the uh, human embryos with that of animals or vice versa, versa and they create uh, beings that are half human and half animal. Mm. And at first they were destroying them after three days. And the last I uh, read about it, I think they were allowing them to live at least two weeks, but you know, you cannot monitor that. There is no uh, telling what they're doing. And you think about movies like Planet of the Apes, you know, that was came out decades ago. They're actually doing experimentation with uh, human uh, DNA and animal DNA where they could actually create beings, you know, that have higher forms of intelligence uh, when they're fusing animals with human beings. And we know that um, that that is something that God would condemn and when you think about how God uh, found heinous um, the uh, human sacrifices and uh, the, the shedding of innocent blood, uh, and we know that God would not uh, approve of what America has done as far as abortions, and we can go down the list uh, of the things that the Bible condemned other nations to destruction for and even sent ancient Israel off uh, to punishment, we have far exceeded that in America. And for those uh, who are Christian believers, uh, there's every evidence throughout the Bible that God judges nations and that the United States is ripe for judgment. And I believe that America will fall if she has not already fallen, unless uh, there is some true repentance and some revival, revival that I have not seen. Uh, and it will not be that, that God would destroy America in the sense that he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, we will have done it to ourselves. I hear you. Now, you said something that's very interesting. So I'm going to go into an area that I had not even planned because I hadn't heard about this of trying to mix animal and uh, Pearson and these scientists trying to come up with something. I was blessed a while back to have somebody, you know, Dr. Ben Carson uh, on, on the show about his uh, supporting his new book. And uh, you are uh an educational advisor for the America's American Cornerstone Institute, which he founded. 
One of the things he talked about was the difference between the animal brain and the human yes. brain of something I never knew. And this completely blows evolution up. He said the animal brain has a segment of the brain that allows for quick instincts. Right. In other words, there's a segment, there's a part of their brain that allows them to spin on a dime, turn to just see danger, sense danger and react quickly. But they don't have the ability that like we have to reason and think. They don't have that ability to reason and to think and to have cognizant knowledge. In other words, you can put them in the same situation 10 times. They may be do the same thing 10 times because they can't figure out, okay, I did this this time and it didn't work. Right. That's the difference between us and animals. And to me, that completely blows evolution apart because if they want to say we came from animals, then uh -huh. animals would have had to have some type of cognizant reason for us to have it. Could this be what these scientists are doing or trying to merge away to try uh -huh. and get an animal person thing to try and keep evolution alive? All I know is what the the humans have, uh, the frontal lobes is mm -hmm. like the executive part uh, where you make decisions and you're able to reason and plan and animals don't have that. And with the scientists that are blending uh, human uh, DNA with animal DNA, they create creatures, I think they're called chimeras, C-H-I-M-E-R-A, uh, or I may be pronouncing it wrong because it could be like a Latin word or something. But uh, they have been doing this for decades. And I think that um, by, you know, blurring the distinctions and we know that they have cloned uh, animals. We don't know in China or even in parts of the U.S. that they have tried to clone human beings. It's just that if if we believe that the Tower of Babel, that that was something that God disp was displeased with, and um, and we are pushing different edges of science that if God is God and for, you know, if you don't believe you believe the Bible is fairy tales and you don't believe in God, then this discussion is uh, nonsense to you. But if you believe that God is God, he changes not. Uh, we can expect that there would be judgment on the United States. Uh, and, and the scientists, and we're all guilty. And we're all guilty because we live in a nation where we elect our leaders. And our leaders uh, enact policies and programs on our behalf. And because they are our elected leaders, we are bound by their decisions. And we have a mechanism to get rid of them. And uh, we have choices. And so I see no reason why God would not hold us accountable. And people will say, well, you know, God said he would uh, spare uh, Sodom and Gomorrah for 10 righteous people. Uh, I don't think that this is the same situation. Uh, God would not have to destroy America. We have destroyed ourselves by allowing China, allowing, uh, you know, various countries to have access to us. We have opened our boundaries, our, our, our national boundaries, and opened up the floodgates. And so if you look at other great civilizations that have fallen around the 200, 250 year mark. I think mm -hmm. uh, we're at year 246 or something like that. Uh, you can expect um, that America will have the same fate and it won't be that God destroyed us. It will be that we forgot God because we were so prosperous. And every time Israel prospered, that's when they turned their back on God and they had to be sent off into exile. And biblical scholars 
that study prophecy say that in end times that the United States does not exist. And I can see why it would not exist. And I see it slipping away, the America that I knew and loved and grew up in. Uh, it's as if it almost, if it, it's just if it doesn't exist now that it's changed so radically. And when I'm out there talking about critical race theory and our constitution and how it violates our constitution, I'm not sure that for the uh, Department of Justice, the FBI, those people that are in power now, whether or not the Constitution or any of those things matter any longer. Yeah, well, you're right. And and my my response is I agree with what you're saying. You know, all nations fell from within. They were right. destroyed from within. Rome was destroyed within Greece. They all, you know, some were they were taken over, but they had already self-destroyed from within to where they're at a weakened state. We're getting there. My hope, as you say, God, God uh, destroy me. He doesn't have to. What I, what God needs to do is save America. And I think one of the big problems we've had that I, I know you know about is the communists. They, over the last 75 years, have moved in. You want to know why the DOJ and the FBI and the government uh, doesn't seem to care about the Constitution? Because, as you know, Marxism came in, you know, the Frankfurt School, you know, you know the whole the whole story. Right. And we are now under siege. So what is the state of the nation? What the heck happened? And how can we get it fixed? Well, first of all, it, it didn't just go into the government. It also went into our churches mm -hmm. and, uh, and the Southern Baptists. They were the largest Protestant denomination. They were the most conservative. They have been totally infiltrated, mm -hmm. destroyed from within. And now the FBI is uh, investigating them. And uh, some of that, uh, you know, some of it's their own doing, uh, you know, because we are humans, we're imperfect, we do things that we shouldn't do. But we see that denomination collapsing from within. But in the larger scheme of things, there's no evidence in the Bible that denominationalism was God's idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, there's really the body of Christ is, is a body, you know, that's not divided by denominations. And so I think God is purging, you know, the church. But I, it would be very foolish for Christians to believe uh, that they're going to be, quote, raptured away uh, before things get really bad. Well, I can tell you, as we know, in parts of the world that uh, they are in great tribulation. And I see we see everything happening in the U.S. where Christians are being singled out. They're being persecuted if you're a Christian conservative. And when and they try to force us to say things like they're trying to force us to, to you you might lose your job, your livelihood, if you don't say that a man can get pregnant, uh, that there's no difference between males and females, that a woman can become a man, a man can become a woman. If you don't allow the government to transgender your child and allow teachers and uh, and authority figures to give your child puberty blockers, I mean these things are insane. But this is where we are, and we've allowed it to happen. Right. Now, along those lines of, of what, what you're talking about right there, of what what they're trying to do and, and what, you know, what they're, they're trying to silence our speech. And just recently, uh, one of the only conservative networks, One American News Network, is being taken off of all the cable networks by these advocacy groups right. that are against free speech. They're trying to silence this voice. How did they make this inroad? How did they get this Oh, it was gradual far? over right. time. And, you know, Fox News, I appear on Fox News very frequently. 
But at the end of the day, uh, we all know that Fox News is very much controlled by uh, some of the corporate mm -hmm. status interests. And so they're sort of limited as to how far they can go. And what they have done with uh, former President Donald Trump by raiding his home and uh, and they have singled out uh, all outspoken conservatives. And like the two of us, we may be low on the totem pole, so they may not bother with us because there may be a bigger fish to fry right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold I mean, on. They, hold I mean, on. Hold on. I got to stop you there. No, 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 no. You're not getting away with that. People, seek. I am not letting her get away with comparing me with her. I'm low on the totem pole. This woman knows her stuff, and she, <laughs> come on, Carol, you well, know you are not low me. on the totem pole. God must be protecting me because Absolutely. I, I say what I want to say, and I know that at any time they could take away my Twitter platform, my Facebook platform, uh, any of the platforms, and try to make it difficult for me to be able to communicate. But I think that in the larger scheme of things, I don't have enough influence for them to bother with uh, at the same level. And, you know, that's a blessing from God because be that he so knows, <laughs> right, he's keeping, both of us are in a safe zone. I want to go out and speak like you. He said, no, 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 stay in your bunker, do the radio show. See, and you have, you, 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 you have your lane. And from your lane, you are highly, highly, highly effective. You said this has been gradual. We understand that it's gradual. Do you think, though, now that they're seeing what is really going on, that people are starting to catch on that the left's agenda in particular is Marxist at best, right. communist at worst? I can tell you that the American people are not blinded, uh, that the masses, I mean, there are uh, people that are, um, th th that have a spirit of deception over them. And for people in your audience that maybe believe in prayer, I think that we should pray that that spirit of deception over the United States be broken. But I think that average Americans are just like us, and it cuts across political party, across race, and across religion, that people know that there's something terribly wrong. They're not on board with the Marxism and the discrimination and the things that are taking place in this country. And so, uh, and they need leadership. And I would argue that both political parties have failed the mm -hmm. American people because at the end of the day, they're so focused on power and about themselves. And so they have not been people that could actually, uh, or even have a desire to do the right thing. And many of them don't know what the right thing is. They don't know what it would look like. I hear what you're saying. And you, you mentioned about the raid before. Give us uh, your impressions of the FBI's raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Was that sending a message to his followers that we can do this to him, we can do this to you? Was this trying to stop people from donating money to a potential 2024 uh, election run? Was this trying to uh, embarrass him or trying to threaten him into saying, yeah, uh, you uh, you don't try to run again, or was this setting up the grease in the skids for uh, Merrick Garland to try and uh, have him arrested? Maybe all of the above, but I would start with January sixth and mm -hmm. just the fact that you have hundreds of Americans still that were just uh, just just like us that we could have been in that crowd and and have been swept up. Whether you were in the Capitol or not, there are people that were arrested. 
And uh, and I can tell you that I was in D.C. on January 5th. That was the day that the 1776 Commission had its first official meeting. And I had uh, an invitation. We all had an invitation to go to the rally the next day and to have a special place to just sit or stand. I was probably standing. And I chose to go home. And I chose to go home because I don't like rallies. I don't like standing crowds. I like to know where the bathroom is. I don't like cold weather. There were many reasons why I chose to leave. And as I was on the plane, you know, in the airport leaving, there were all these Trump people coming in. And so I watched on TV what happened on January 6th. But I am sure that if I had uh, attended that rally, that I would have been visited by the FBI, that they would have tried to implicate me in some way, regardless of whether I went to the Capitol or not. And uh, and my hotel where I was staying, J.W. Marriott, is, Marriott was right across from where they met. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, even if I had attended the rally, I'm sure I would have gone back to my hotel. But uh, the fact that you have people in America that have not had a trial, due, uh, they have not had due process, they have not had presumption of innocence. And these are ordinary people, you know, and they have been, uh, in some cases, uh, jailed without a trial because all of them have not have tri- have ha- and all of them have not had trials. The ones that have had trials have had to, you know, in some cases maybe bankrupt their homes to uh, bankrupt themselves to be able to afford lawyers, and all of this because they tried to exercise their right of protest. And they had watched what uh, how Antifa and Black Lives Matter and how the left protests all the time engage in violence. And there are no consequences. And so with the Trump people, um, they um, it's almost like it's defined by white people because it was a large number of white people there, not all white. But it's like that white people are not allowed to protest, that they, they're very threatened by white people protesting, just like the Tea Party. You remember how people got so upset about the mm-hmm. Tea Party because they were white people protesting. And they see a greater danger when white people protest. And so uh, if they're conservative, it's not allowed in America. And uh, I think that should be very frightening because they're saying that if you're conservative, if you're Christian and if you're white, uh, you can't voice your displeasure with the government. And then they use the epithet of white supremacists or white nationalists to silence everyone. And uh, many people have been silenced because of that. And I think that... um, You know, for white people, I encourage them to find their courage and find their voice. You know, people know that these are epithets meant to silence them. They don't have to allow themselves to be silenced by um, uh, the people that are trying to uh, take away their rights and destroy their nation. And so some of us will be sacrificed. Well, there will be some people that will pay the ultimate price. Uh, But if enough of us stand up, and and I say for white people, they don't have to stand alone. They're doing the civil rights movement. There were many white people that stood with uh, racial and ethnic minorities that were part of the civil rights movement that stood by blacks uh, throughout uh, the time from slavery onward. There were white people that risked everything. And uh, I think that we need to make sure we stand with them because there's only one race, the human race. And right now, the things that are taking place in America are things that are atrocious. There are things that many of us never thought would happen. We thought our Constitution and our Bill of Rights uh, offered us uh, a protection that other people and other nations didn't have. We thought we were in the um, the land of the free, 
the home of the brave and all of these things. And we see that uh, the Marxists have done everything they can to destroy America. They did it gradually, uh, working their way to the top. And they have used racial and ethnic minorities to do a lot of it because uh, white people don't want to be called racist. And when they saw Eric Holder and Barack Obama and, and various people of color engaging in behaviors that would not be tolerated if they were white, they kept their mouths shut, our leaders, because they didn't want to be perceived as racist. Yeah, well, I have three comments. First one, I don't care what anybody thinks. I had a, I had a bus all ready to go down there. A lot of my friends were down there on the 6th. I had a bus ready. All I had to do was buy the ticket. The only reason I wasn't there, I can't stand cold weather. When it's 45 degrees, I have a scarf on, I have a hat and gloves, and people here in New York look at me and snicker, and I say, okay, I'll see you when it's 95 degrees and I'm in my element, and you're, you're running around with an umbrella. But I understand it. So the only reason maybe that God made sure I didn't get down there was to make it cold. Number two, you brought up a very interesting point about white people, about that they were white people. Could it be the reason... Antifa covers their face. It's the white people. They don't want people to know they're white. Right? I mean, that's part of it because, you know, when at some of those Black Lives Matter rallies or various things where it's been uh, violent, when they did unmask them, there were more white people there than black people. Right. And so so they, and here's the thing about the Marxists is they don't care about black people, or people right. of color. They use them to mm -hmm. advance their agenda. And I would say that Barack Obama and there have been uh, numerous black leaders, uh, part of the, C the C Congressional Black Caucus, they have willingly allowed themselves to be used because they benefit from cooperating with the leftist progressive agenda. And so you look at Maxine Waters, multimillionaire, and all of those people that went to Congress poor, and uh, and they now are multimillionaires. Like, how did that happen on that little salary they get? Well, even worse, this, this will just show you. Go in Maxine Waters' district and look at what the people have and look at what Maxine has. Go in Nancy Pelosi's district and look at even 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 on the other side, go in Goober Graham's district, go in any politician's district, especially on the left, especially in, in minority communities. Look at where they live and what they have and look at what you have. Look at what Barack Obama had and look at what black America ended up with. Why don't the people? Well, like they do get it. They do see it. Why, up to this point, have they not done something about it? And I'm hoping so they keep people. They keep you so distracted. Uh, there's mm -hmm. so much uh, going on that people stay distracted. Uh, and I have to tell you that when I was in graduate school, I found a picture of the young Carol Swain with Maxine Waters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did she take over the district that Bourbon Diamondly had? I don't know if she if that. Uh, I'm not sure because I try and think as little about California as, as possible. So I'm not sure what district. Is. All I know are her and her husband, a former NFL football player, they're doing well and people in their district aren't. And, and this is all across America. Right. And I'm hoping there's going to be a change. I'm hoping it's going to change for this reason. And um, I recently had Diamond and Silk on. And this was the big point that they brought up because the same thing you and I have talked about. You've been on my show. Thank you for coming on. You've been on at least five times. And each time I say, are people starting to catch on? And we keep hoping they would, hoping they would, hoping they would. But they go right back. You go from one thing to another. 
But Diamond and Silk brought up, they think it's changing because a lot of times Republicans have talked about what they were going to do for people. They never did it. Donald Trump did. There was prosperity. A black unemployment was down. Money was up. So for the first time, people had something and Joe Biden took it away. But there's also something that's going on. Uh, If you looked at 2020, uh, President Obama, excuse me, Donald Trump, uh, received a a significant percentage of the black male vote. I mean, I think it was close to 20 percent, 18 to 20 percent of the black male vote, not the black women. And uh, and if you look at the data, the percentage of black Americans all across the board who affiliate uh, themselves with Democrats has fallen off quite a bit. And uh, and so it doesn't mean that the ones that have fallen off have become Republicans, but it means that they are not supporting the Democrats. They're not going to get out there and vote and rally behind the Democrats. And, you know, you can only lie to people so many times before they catch on. And I believe that through the efforts of organizations like Blexit, as mm-hmm. well as um, you know, Turning Point USA and just various groups, Prager, where you have a lot of young uh, blacks and not just young, there's some that are older blacks that are affiliated with these conservative, sophisticated conservative outlets that know how to uh, get their messages out and know how to reach people with truth, that people are becoming more educated than ever before. And so I think that... Um, the Democrats cannot expect to get 90, 95% of the black vote. I think that if they get 80%, you know, they'll be doing well. But uh, in some sec, among some segments, they're not going to get 80%. That's that's what I believe. And I think that uh, people do see the contrast between Donald Trump and Joe Biden and just how they have suffered uh, because of the Democrats' agenda and been lied to. I mean, even with this a so-called Inflation Reduction Act that the Democrats are taking victory laps because they were able to get this legislation through based on a partisan vote, it's going to cause suffering across America. And it also is going to involve the hiring of 87,000 new IRS offices. And part of the requirements was that you must be willing to carry a gun and pretty much use it if you need to. And only 4% of that 87,000 will be in services, will be answering the phone and process and returns. The others will be out there. Knocking on doors. And they will not be targeting people that make, uh, you know, 400,000 or more. It will be people that that make under 200,000. And um, they had promised that they were going to shield, you know, working class people, but they didn't shield working class people. And so that's more suffering for the American people and for most people that are making over 200,000, they have CPAs, they have bookkeepers, they're, they're gonna be less likely to make mistakes. If they get audited, they're gonna turn it over to that CPA. The average American is not able to do that. Right, and we saw we saw this coming down the pike. We should see it coming down the pike because this is what happened to the Tea Party. They went after the Tea Party with the IRS and you know the lowest learner thing and auditing people and yeah, it's a mess. You know. Uh, Tell me about uh, your association with Blexit. The show is called Against All Odds. Tell people what this is, because Blexit, the Black Exit Movement, going old school with Carol Swain. Please tell us about that. Well, I was approached by some very young people. In fact, the first uh, producer uh, who came up with the idea uh, was 19 years old at the time. 
And uh, the show has evolved over the period of a few months, and it's a little over a year uh, old. But when we tape, um, they send me questions about current issues or issues where people are just trying to figure out uh, answers about what's going on in our culture and in our society. And, uh, And so it's mostly they ask me a question, and I'm the wise old sage, you know, the old school. I'm grandma, yeah. grandma, <laughs> and I uh, give them, you know, my not just my advice, but I also uh, will give them st- statistics and science. And uh, it's evolving. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot because I don't have to book guests. <laughs> I, and, and, and my a lot of my supporters like the format for me. They like it because when I had my own show, they said, we want to hear from you. We don't care about your guests. We want to know what you think. And so this gives me an opportunity to say what I think. See how blessed you are. No, they don't want to hear from me. <laughs> they want to hear from you. That's why I I, 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 I book guests. You know, the, I started this because uh, a, a man that has a show, uh, Conservative Perspective, on um, Blog Talk Radio, James Bostick, I call him the big boss man. Right. We were down in South Carolina and I was just doing my little spot on Rocky and the Wolfman, which you came on. And he said, Gary, you should have your own show. And I like, I don't want my own show. And then nine months later, I had my own show and I bring on guests. Now he he's saying you're 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 blowing. You're this and that. You're knocking it out of the park. I said, no, James, my guests are knocking it out of the park. I ask questions. You, James, knock it out of the park. Because you go on for an hour and you talk, you'll have an occasional no, I guess. I disagree. But you, you don't talk. Why? The thing is that is uh, asking the right questions is a gift in it of itself, and also being willing to allow your guests to talk. That a lot of the uh, people that we don't like on television, they <laughs> w- they might ask their guests a question, but then they do all the talking, and so you're able to ask uh, good questions, and then you allow your guests to respond. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Carol. And for people that don't know, it's the culmination of my backgrounds. I was a sports writer for Newsday and the New York Daily News for a lot of years, you know, covered Magic Johnson and all Michael Jordan, uh, Ollie Leonard, uh, all box, everything for a number of years. So you ask you learn how to ask questions. Then I was in music management. I manage a recording artist. So, you know, you ask questions, you learn how to listen. And then the marketing promotion and, the you know, being a little bit known, understanding it's an entertainment, you know, so it all came together that way. But the point I was trying to make is that I ask questions. You ask good questions. That helps. But you talk. And that's what I think these young people wanted to hear from you. And that is great that the Blexit can get the knowledge that you've had and all this experience. I want to go back to the raid because you said the six set it all up. Do you think people are understanding what's going on here with this raid? Do you think they understand what it's aimed at? And the big problem is the media protecting right. all of this right. stuff, protecting everything that's going on. How do you know? Well, yeah, I, I, I published a book in 2011 that was updated in 2020 Uh it just has a new introduction in 2020, but be the people called to reclaim America's faith and promise. And uh, that was during Obama's second uh, administration. And I was very concerned because I saw uh, the Orwellian uh, features of the administration, but the Pentagon at that time wanted to set up an office of strategic deception 
for they were going to create news articles and stories to deceive America's enemies, quote, abroad. Well, I knew that whatever they do in other nations, they would do here. And there was a hue and cry from people that saw the, the Pentagon proposal. It disappeared. You, know, you didn't hear anything else about it. It just evaporated. Everything we see happening today with the media would suggest that they did create something mm -hmm. very similar. And that because newspapers and the media that they're suffering, people don't want to watch them, they've been heavily subsidized by the government. And so they've become like an arm of the government. I also warned in that book about the alliance that the National Security Agency was setting up with uh, Google at the time. And so we see that they went from Google to mm. Facebook to Twitter. And, and this was the Obama administration. They were the ones that brought big tech in and gave them huge contracts and, and set up that uh, uh, relationship, uh, a symbiotic relationship between big tech and the government, the surveillance society. And you may remember the Arab Spring, how mm -hmm. much Twitter, Twitter was involved with that and how they uh, used, um, they, they really, uh, it, it, they created that rebellion that got rid of Gaddafi uh, in the Middle East and, and created so much instability and mm -hmm. resulted in so many Christians uh, losing their lives. And I'm among the people that believe that the U.S., uh, they set up the Ukraine and Russia and, and and I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm going to say this, and I know that it's not popular, but I believe that uh, Russia was targeted because it was a world power, and it tends to be more conservative on the LGBT issues, and, you know, the Russian Orthodox mm -hmm. Church has had a lot of influence in that nation, and that uh, China and the United States have wanted to take Russia out, and China has an interest in taking Russia out. Because if they take Russia out, then they are the world power because mm -hmm. the U.S. is subservient. We have our leaders going and kowtowing to China. That's and they've right. given all of our secrets to China. And they've allowed China, you know, to buy our farmland, to control our food Pharmacy. supply, to control our prescriptions. Yeah, yeah. And so we're not a world power in relationship to um, to, to China. And I believe that uh, the ultimate goal of the U.S. was to take out Russia using Ukraine, the pretext, uh, so that uh, in the end it will be China. And I believe that in many ways America has already fallen. Well, that is an interesting uh, theory. It is Hope my theory. Right, I got you. you know, you're wrong about it. But yeah, I think right. I'm right, and I'm usually yeah. right. Yeah, well, really. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we still have time to reverse the curse and reverse course. I just want people to see what's taking I place and how they're manipulated. Yeah. Obama, his administration that set mm -hmm. up the, the Ukraine, they chose Zelensky as if they were mm -hmm. picking someone from a movie set, like that movie Wag the Dog. And, uh, and so, you know, everything is so staged and you can trust nothing that comes from the U.S. government. And I hate to say that. Because I've always been pro-American, I've always loved my nation, but I don't uh, have a reason to trust this government or any of its agencies or its leaders. And uh, the Democratic Party is the worst, but the, there are plenty of Democrat Republicans too that, that right. are part of it, that are feeding from the same trough, that have the same agenda, that are globalists, and they're all about enriching mm -hmm. themselves. See, now you said how you, Obama with the Ukraine, and then remember. 
Remember this very famous thing on TV where Biden was bragging about, yeah, I told them to get rid of this guy. You're not getting any money from Uncle Joe. Right. right. Uh, uh, why, why wasn't there any? Never mind. Don't get well, me started. I mean, started. This, this terrible, terrible uh, uh, system of injustice where it's pretty clear that they talk about no one being above the law when it seems that every Democrat leader and their children are, or their friends are above the law. And all this focus on uh, Trump and we go back to Jeffrey Epstein and the fact that, you know, his little black book never came public. Mm -hmm. And then this focus on Donald Trump, this obsession, this one man, they believe that he is the only person, I guess, that's capable of bringing them down. And we know that Donald Trump is a man, you know, and he frightens them in some sort of way. Uh, but God is quite capable of raising up, you know, whatever needs to be raised mm -hmm. up. But he also is capable of letting us fall because we have made our choice. Right. Now, since you mentioned the Donald again, question, will Donald Trump run in 2024? Should he run in 2024? And how do you feel about the midterm elections and 2024 as far as the fact that None of the election fraud stuff has been come out and been made public. How comfortable are you at this point, unless something changes, that we can even have a fair election? Well, first of all, it's going to be harder to cheat in 2022 because Republicans are training poll workers and they're going to have more people at the polls that can watch and understand what's taking place. And there have been some changes in a few states where it will make it harder to use ballot harvesting mm -hmm. and absentee ballots as a way to cheat. And um, the, when it comes to um, our president, former President Trump, I think he would like to run for office, uh, and but he has all the forces arrayed against him. And, you know, as believers, we have every reason to believe that if he were to run and be successful, for him to be able to have a presidency that made a difference is that he would have to have that supernatural power that comes from God's hand. Mm -hmm. I think God has protected him in so many ways, even though, I mean, there's so many people that says, you know, he knows God, that he's been saved, that, you know, I led him through the sinner's prayer. Um, when you sort of look at the way he talks and, and the way he leads his life, uh, I think he has tremendous respect for Christians. And I think he even has a fear of God, but he does not know God or how yeah. to tap into that power. Yeah. That is mm -hmm. what I believe. And I believe that if he were to understand uh, God and how God raises up people for certain times, if he were able to tap into what's available to him, that he would be uh, a first opponent that might be able to change America, at least for a few decades, because the left will never mm -hmm. give up. The communists will never give up, and they're so deeply entrenched, and they know how to use the civil service and uh, the Constitution to protect and benefit themselves, and conservatives are not as savvy on all of those things. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You know, last time you were on, which was a while ago, was this is, I, this is I'm into the 30s now as, as far as this podcast episode. I think you're on podcast number three or four, and uh I always do your mic drop moment, which is the mic drop. I'll say one or two words, drop the mic, go chill and let you freestyle. The last time it was all about critical race theory. This time I have one word for you. Here's your mic drop. I'm going to say one word, freestyle. And the word is wokeness. Well, I mean, 
uh, <laughs> wokeness is something that the people that claim to be woke are the opposite of that. They're the most deceived uh, human beings on earth, and they're the ones that are manipulated by the Marxists. And I think that many of them are good people, that they really uh, care about the issues they say that they care about. I'm talking about the people that are motivated to be woke. You know, the, uh, the white people that are so concerned about uh, uh, racism, uh, but they are doing the opposite of what you would do if you were really concerned about racism. Uh, I think that uh, just like everything else the left does, it's cleverly named wokeism. Everyone wants to be woke when the truly woke people are the ones that see what is taking place in our society, the people that can see the destructive behavior and the end game of the Marxists, those are the people that are have been awakened to truth. Those that call themselves woke, according to the cultural definitions, are people that are totally deceived with wool pulled over their eyes. And uh, they are... <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything profound other than to say that they are the ones that are asleep at the wheel. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, final thing, and then I'm going to ask you to tell people where they can find you and anything you want to promote. Can you give us just a short statement on the state of Black America as you see it today? Well, the, I think Black America uh, is in a precarious state, but we can be encouraged because more and more uh, Blacks of all generations, I think, are becoming aware that they can't trust uh, our government leaders. And I, I would like to see uh, Black America, especially the older people, remind young people of how our faith has carried us throughout the generations. And if they could truly return to their um, Jude our, our nation's Judeo-Christian roots and tap into that supernatural sovereign power that comes from knowledge of God, I think we could turn things around in the black community because uh, what the left tells us to do is very destructive. In the black community, if you wanted to free people and empower them and make them prosperous, you would do the opposite of what the left says. And so I think we need to go back to the, the self-help, uh, personal responsibilities, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Booker T. Washington, mm -hmm. uh, those types of values, and they would begin to turn things around. And uh, and when it comes to the crime in the black communities uh, and this whole nonsense from the left, defunding the police and going after the police, uh, those people that push that and push abortion in the black communities, they are enemies. They're trying to destroy black America. And I think that most black Americans are smart enough if they actually think about it, they could think their way out of this uh, uh, this hole that they are in, this uh, nightmare that they have allowed themselves to to uh, you know be trapped in. It doesn't have to be that way. I hear you, Dr. Swain. Thank you. Please tell people how to reach you and anything you'd like to promote. Okay, I have uh, I have three websites, but. If you want to see my latest television appearances and my books and various things that I'm doing, blogs, go to BeThePeopleNews.com. Instead of We The People, it's BeThePeopleNews.com. That's B-E, B-E, B -E, right? B-E, BeThePeopleNews.com. And uh, you find, you know, lots of things, lots of information. Uh, there's also um, CarolMSwain.com. Uh, that's a, my personal website, and you can link uh, from any of those sites to my books. 
and I have the uh, Unity Training Solutions, the new business that I incorporated in 2020. And uh, uh, Gary, we changed the name of it from just Unity Training because everybody's calling what they're doing mm-hmm. Unity now. Unity, yeah. Even though it's the opposite. And a lot of it isn't good. <laughs> it's not good. And so we're calling it Carol Swain's Real, capital letters, a Unity Training Solutions. And it's based on E Pluribus Unum out of many one. And our training is consistent with our civil rights laws, our equal protection clause of the Constitution. And the goal is to keep companies and organizations on mission and to build strong teams and uh, that respect uh, the individuality of each person. Uh, thank you, Dr. Swain. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, you have once again dropped mega doses of truth, given us a whole bunch of truth. Uh, I always love talking to you because you've been there, done it, bought the T-shirt and are still out there doing your thing. God bless you. God bless your family. And once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay, there you have it, everybody. Dr. Carol Swain. Uh, check out her websites. Definitely check out her books. This is a woman with five degrees. I can barely count to five. She's got five degrees, and you know she knows what she's talking about, and she brings it in love and knowing the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and from God. She is held to a higher standard, and she does her best to live up to that. Once again, Dr. Carol Swain. I want to thank Dr. Carol Swain for once again providing insight on dire issues that have us teetering on the brink of disaster. It's voices like hers who must be heard in mass while we still have time to do something about it. This podcast is available for download at radioinfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends about the show. Well, that's a wrap, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.